Support for the evening newscast comes from Duncan House Diner, owned and operated by the Gamble family for over 20 years, proudly feeding Homer for three generations. Dine in at 125 East Pioneer or order online at duncanhousehomer.com. And from Bay Realty, listing and selling homes, lots, acreage, multifamily commercial properties, and property management in the Southern Kenai Peninsula since 1974. Learn more at bayrealtyalaska.com or by calling 235-6183. listening to KBBI AM 890 in Homer and K201AO on 88.1 FM in Seward. I'm Corinne Smith with some local news on this Tuesday, March 7, 2023. The federal government is walking back a proposal that would have allowed brown bear baiting and reversed other restrictions on hunting and trapping in the Kenai National Wildlife Refuge. As KDLL's Sabine Pooks reports, it's one of two decisions in the last week that environmental groups say is a win for the refuge and its wildlife. As it stands, the practice of taking brown bears at bait stations is not allowed on the two million acre refuge, thanks to an Obama-era regulation known as the Kenai Rule. In 2020, the Trump administration tried to reverse those protections in a proposed new rule, which also would have opened up access in the refuge to more bicycles and snow machines. But those rules never passed. And on Friday, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service announced it was withdrawing the proposal, citing the tens of thousands of comments submitted in opposition to the change over concerns about impacts to wildlife and visitor safety. The withdrawal isn't the only victory for those commenters. On Monday, the U.S. Supreme Court decided not to take up a legal challenge to the rule from the state of Alaska and Safari Club International, which has been working its way through the court for several years. This week was a big week in terms of the movement on these protections. Nicole Schmidt is executive director of the Alaska Wildlife Alliance, which has been defending the original rule and its protections. She says the decision shows the federal government does have authority to manage wildlife on refuge lands, including for the purpose of maintaining natural diversity. The second big point is that through the decision to rescind the 2020 rule, I think the refuge really listened to and took a hard look at what those changes would really mean on the ground. In its decision, Fish and Wildlife cited concerns about public safety related to brown bear baiting and increased access for hunters, for example. But advocates of the 2020 rule have a different take. Alaska has long argued it has the authority to manage wildlife on federal lands within the state, and it says brown bear baiting does not pose a risk to public safety. Ben Cassidy with Safari Club International said in a written statement, quote, Wildlife management decisions should not be made based on the number of public comments, but on the best available science, and the best available science supported the proposed rule, end quote. In Kenai, I'm Sabine Pooks. The Alaska Marine Highway System announced significant changes to this year's summer ferry schedule, running May 1st through September 30th. The mainliners Columbia and Kennecott will not be sailing at the same time decreasing ferry service to Prince William Sound and Southeast communities. That's because the state doesn't have enough crew to run them, according to a statement from the Alaska Department of Transportation. Sailings across the Gulf of Alaska from Whittier to Southeast on the ferry Kennecott are postponed until more crew is hired. The Columbia will be the only ferry serving Southeast main run between Juneau and Bellingham, Washington.
The Taslina, which serves the northern panhandle, is also offline due to short staffing. And the mainliner Matanuska is out of service due to repairs. For the Kachemak Bay region, the ferry Tustamina will sail the southwest route along the Alaska Peninsula Aleutian chain to Dutch Harbor once a month, from May to September. There are regular scheduled port calls to Homer, Seldovia, and Kodiak Island. That includes the city of Kodiak and the villages of Port Lyons, Uzinki, and Old Harbor. In Prince William Sound, the ferry Aurora will continue a regular route calling on Valdez, Whittier, and Cordova. It will call on Chenega Bay and Tatidlik twice a month. According to the state's announcement, until they hire additional crew to sail the Kennecott Ferry, cross-gulf sailings to Whittier are at a standstill, as well as calls to Prince Rupert, British Columbia, and Yakutat. To see the full Alaska Marine Highway summer ferry schedule, visit dot.alaska.gov. Alaska is slated to get $285 million from the federal government to modernize the state's ferry fleet and improve service. It's part of the bipartisan infrastructure law passed in 2021. But to actually spend the windfall, the state needs to put up money too. So as Coast Alaska's Angela Denning reports, the state is turning to an obscure accounting quirk to turn old federal funds into new ones. The $285 million federal windfall is a boon to the state's ferry system. Catherine Keith is the Deputy Commissioner for the state's Department of Transportation. She told the state's Marine Highway Operations Board earlier this month that the federal grants would inject some life into the marine highway system. Modernize our vessels, begin designing some new builds, construction of new builds, and then also uh, reinvesting in some of our ferry terminal facilities so that we can get closer to running all ships and all docks. And then finally, uh, providing the marine highway system with some operating funds. But the grants aren't free money. Each of the six grants requires a match from the state, between 25% and 50%. Ferry board member Juanetta Ayers said she was worried about the state prioritizing the matching funds. The reality is in a deficit budget situation under certain circumstances, and that puts pressure on cash available for match. Ferry boosters might have a reason to be skeptical. During his first term, Governor Mike Dunleavy cut millions from the ferry system's budget and sold off three state ferries. But in a state budget amendment submitted this month, Dunleavy's administration proposed a solution. DOT Commissioner Ryan Anderson says the state needs almost $50 million in matching funds for this year's ferry grants, and he's got an idea for where to get it. To meet this requirement, the state is proposing to use an innovative federal aid highway tool that allows the state to use existing federal dollars to capture these new federal dollars. Turning old federal money into lots and lots of new federal money. It's not alchemy, it's accounting. The secret here are so-called toll match credits. Think of it this way. The marine highway system is part of the federal highway system. And if you think about ferry tickets as tolls, it's not just a highway, it's a toll road. And those toll revenues are at least partly invested in maintaining the ferry fleet and its network of terminals. Toll match credits allow that maintenance spending to count towards the state's portion of the match. The federal grants break down like this. About $68 million towards a hybrid diesel-electric replacement for the ferry Tustamina. That project is already underway. 
There's also about $8.5 million to design a new mainliner for Southeast. Another $164 million would go towards a new electric ferry, as well as upgrades to the system's dock infrastructure and modernizing the existing vessels. The $285 million package also includes nearly $45 million for operating funds. Reporting for Coast Alaska in Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. And that's the news from Homer. I'm Corinne Smith, and you're listening to KBBI AM 890 and K201AO 88.1 FM in Seward. Find us online at kbbi.org. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.